Museums. What does that word mean to you? Some of you might think of old buildings with dusty ancient stuffed animals or endless gloomy gothic halls filled with old Bronze Age axes. But museums today are so much more than that. They have evolved a lot since the 1800s, the golden age of the first great museums of the world, both when it comes to architecture and when it comes to how to produce exhibitions. But one thing hasn't changed. When many of the great museums of the 1800s were built, they were also powerful symbols of the nations that built them. The National History Museum in London was both a museum for all the wonders of the natural world and a symbol of Great Britain's role in the evolution of natural science. The grand 19th century museums of London, Paris and Berlin were showcases of national pride in that same sense. This tradition is very much alive even today. When the rulers of Qatar started to plan for a new national museum in Doha, they wanted that same combination of national pride and architectural excellence, a landmark in the museum world and a grand symbol of Qatar. They turned to the renowned architect Jean Nouvel, a legend in his field, with many award-winning great buildings on his resume. Jean Nouvel set out to create something no one ever had seen before, a building that almost defies gravity and could showcase all the greatness of Qatar. Last spring, after years and years of construction, the new National Museum of Qatar opened its doors to the world. A building inspired by the shape of a desert rose with 11 large galleries presenting the history of the country. And in the first gallery, visitors meet huge projections depicting the prehistory of the region. The films were produced by Goodbye Kansas Studios. So today the Yellow Brick Road leads to Doha in Qatar and the story of how you create large-scale digital wonders. Hi everybody, I'm Nils Lagen and this is Yellow Brick Road, your friendly little podcast about visual effects, movies and games. And today we're going to talk about creating full CG films for the brand new National Museum of Qatar. Here to tell us about the project are three of the many people that worked on this big project from Goodbye Kansas Studios in Stockholm. VFX producer Rebecca Cervantes, VFX supervisor Philip Orby and compositing artist Hanna Mullevoye. Welcome! Thank you. Thank you. Philip, uh, you've been here with us at Yellow Brick Road before, but Rebecca and Hannah, you haven't. So let's get our listeners some background of who you are. Uh, how did you start in the wonderful VFX business? Rebecca. I started producing small theater plays, and then I started producing shorts and stuff for friends, and the project started getting bigger and bigger. And then I started freelancing, and I did pretty much everything with the name producer on it. Blind producer, executive producer. And then I went to VFX and animation and I moved to Stockholm in 2018. I started working for Goodbye Kansas in May and here I am. And it's so nice to have you here. Thank you. <laughs> and you, Hannah, what's your story? Well, uh, I moved over from Finland. <laughs> <laughs> Although Rebecca moved from further Mexico, right? Yeah, that's way further. But uh, no, I I did a lot of stuff with film. I filmed with my dad's old shitty ass 
you know, one of those VCR camera thingies. Made Barbie movies. That's how I got started. <laughs> but uh, other than that, yeah, I did um, an art gymnasium. And then from there, I tried becoming a producer. Turns out I suck at writing, so art stuff was more of my type of thing. <laughs> so I turned out to compositing, slowly but surely. Mm. So let, let's talk about the National Museum of Qatar project. Uh, Rebecca, when was Goodbye Kansas approached by the museum? We were first approached in the spring of 2016. They had our um, reference from previous work that we did. And we received the brief in summer of 2016, although the brief was very different back then. We have to remember that the building was being built as we were doing the films. So a lot of things obviously changed and evolved to what then became. Mm. I mean, 2016, that's a long time ago. Uh, when, when did you guys embark on the project? You, you started in 2018, right? Yeah, I joined the project as soon as I started in Goodbye Kansas, so May last year. Mm. Philip? Yes, uh, I, I was slightly involved from the start, but um, there was a lot of concept work being done. And that went back and forth a lot. Uh, the product really changed scope from uh, more of a like a fish tank uh, view where you would see different vistas uh, uh, into more of an action piece and uh, back and forth. Uh, so there was a lot of uh, conceptual work and uh, storyboarding in the beginning. And then the asset production uh, started. And then I was more hands-on when it came to the environment build that started... Uh, later on, uh, maybe the last year of the production. And you, Hannah? I don't even remember what date or when. I think it was during the summer that I got just thrown in somehow. And (laughs) then I was, you know, doing that project still for like up a year or whatever. But I I was like towards the end, of course, because that's where comp steps in or like uh, gets involved. Um, because the finals were delivered this spring in 2019, uh, so more or less two and a half years then. Of, yeah. Uh, how many people at Goodbye Kansas has been involved in the project through the years? Do you know that? I don't know how many, but I know that more than 80% of the company was involved. Uh, <laughs> some people involved. with outstanding record of hours worked in the project, so it was really... A very large company effort. Mm. Uh, well, let's talk about the scope of the project. Uh, you, you mentioned three screens from the start, but then... Yeah, we started off with three screens, and they were not regular screens. They were curved, tilted, and massive. Mm. Um, so it was it was a big endeavor that we approached, and it was 25 shots depicting... From the Big Bang to the formation of Qatar, so 700 million years ago to roughly 8,000 years ago. Uh, And Philip, we were talking about really big projections. Uh, How large were these screens or or walls? I think they were 16K, right, if I know, Uh, remember exactly correct. Mm. So they were 16K by 4K, Uh, so they are really wide. Uh, because they are spanning over two screens, basically. Um, that's why it's, the resolution is so wide. Um, and uh, yes, this is a challenge. 
Yeah. It was uh, projected. 11 4K projectors are used in the room. So you need to see it on the big screen. So with, with uh, images this big, what challenges does that lead to technically? Uh, it leads to uh, many technical uh, difficulties. One is that you are uh, very zoomed in, you could say, like everything has to be very high resolution. So the asset uh, quality, the texturing and uh, uh, modeling has to be at a lot higher standard than normal. Um, because when you uh, stand close to these screens, like one of the fish, for example, could be the size of a human. Mm-hmm. So uh, you, you're, you're not getting away with anything really. And, and the cameras are very slow moving because otherwise it would uh, be difficult to, to watch it. So everything is pretty static. So you get, get a good look at everything. You can't like hide it in uh, motion blur or anything like this. Uh, like on a normal show, it's more of a... Uh, installation, right? So you're supposed mm. to view it very closely and study it. It's on a loop, so you can watch it many times. Mm. So everything has to be very high uh, fidelity. And that's like the first problem. And then uh, it comes to rendering it and composting it. Uh, and then you work with really huge renders, take a long time and uh, a lot of uh, disk space and file reading. Yeah. So it's like, uh, yeah, I think calculation, maybe it's like, I can't remember exactly, but like 6.5 times HD. Uh, so it's like six times everything. Kind of. yeah. <laughs> Failure is not an option. Hannah, as compositor, you need to have an eye for every detail in the picture. But did the size of these images affect your work? Yeah, like crazy. (laughs) Like you can't even compare. We thought we had slow stuff for like 4K, but 16K is something completely bananas. You'd be working maybe on one or two frames and then praying that the rest of it looks uh, decent the next day. So I kind of felt it for the 3D artist for the first time. Like now I know what you guys are working with. So, you know, comp got a bit of taste of of that. General, you know what they say. If at first you don't succeed... Try, 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 try again. Uh, and, and another problem with, uh, with the big resolution is that you can't really watch the, uh, the full frame, uh, a one-to-one ratio on your monitor. Even if you have a 4K monitor, you still can't watch it. So you have to like pan around everywhere to look at different parts of the image. And playback is, of course, impossible unless it's like rendered out. So uh, it's a real challenge to like even preview what you're doing. Yeah, yeah exactly. I was just thinking of asking that. I mean, how, how do you quality check pictures of this size? You, you you basically like pan around from one area to another one, and then you try to look at it again and again and again. And some some stuff is like more obvious, like when stuff pops. Uh, but but sometimes you you really can miss stuff even though you watched it like 20 times 30 times mm-hmm. uh, because there is also a lot going on in the images so a lot of like vegetation flowing here and there so it's sometimes you don't really notice some of the mistakes um so it's it's just i, w- I would say it's like uh, much harder uh, the only way to do it would be to have like a 16k projector and watch it on a, like a huge monitor then you could like catch everything at once but now it's like you have to really pan around and then you can kind of miss miss stuff yeah. And we, we did actually miss like one thing. When we sent the movie down, we missed one thing that we had to fix last minute. Mm. Uh, but uh, we caused a lot of stuff along the way when we thought it was ready, but it wasn't. <laughs> we also made a test. Um, we built two huge screens 
in a warehouse and then we projected the whip and we catch a lot of stuff. Uh, one of them was that the images make you dizzy mm. at a certain rate. Like if you move the camera a certain way, then people get dizzy. And since the the screens are tilted and curved, that doesn't help. So mm. we built this. Uh, it was a 72 scale uh, replica of the museum. And then we figured that, okay, we cannot do this. Here we have to slow down. Here we have to change this. And also it helped us catch a lot of little mistakes that we corrected along the way. But it was we saw the movie until our eyes bleed, basically. Is, so, so you tested it on human beings. Yes, we did. <laughs> Do you feel dizzy? Yes. Uh, so, but how did it feel to see them like that big for the first time? Except for the fact that you felt dizzy. But... Well, it was overwhelming, actually. We never imagined, because we had... We had seen it, I think a 42-inch screen was the biggest that we had seen it. Mm. Um, so seeing it like that, I mean, it was, no one could have imag- imagined. Like we used two 4K projectors, and if you compare it to the actual museum versus 11 projectors, I mean, we did get a sense, uh, but never to the extent of what it was. No. Uh, but it was overwhelming, and it was very... Very cool, actually, yeah. to get to see all the work that was put in into those movies. I can imagine. But but now, now we're jumping ahead a bit. Uh, let's go back to the early stage of the production. Uh, so it started with them uh, contacting you, asking you to produce these films. But did, did you receive a script or did you do the storyboards? And how, how did it work? Well, it all started with concepts. Um, a lot, A lot of concepts were produced. And as we said, this film evolved a lot during the way because it also had a lot of stakeholders. So sometimes um, we had to change things completely. Sometimes it was just a matter of direction in it to a certain way. But it had also to do with the story that this museum tells in its whole. Mm. You said it's 11 galleries. So it's not only what's on the first one, it's about the the history and the tale that you are told when you visit the museum. So that's also something that impacted the result. Mm. Uh, This was, again, being built, and all the content of the 11 galleries was being done at the same time. So if one changed, then it could affect the other galleries around it. And so we made a lot of concepts, then we started producing with the help of scientists the 3D assets, because they had to be accurate. And then we just started shot production. And along shot production, there were also many changes and new studies came back and new scientific um, data came back. So we had to match that to what was available. You mentioned that one of the films included the birth of the universe, the Big Bang. Uh, How do you go about to envision that? Did you have any references from films or... Well, we did have a lot of references, and we also worked with uh, this person that actually does nebulas and does space things very accurately. So he has studied physics and he has studied um, the universe, and we actually did a replica of how we think it was, but also like we based that on facts. So this is our interpretation of scientific studies. 
So, so it starts with a big bang, and then it's the the story of that area, uh, in a sense, and that also includes animals, uh, extinct animals, and other animals. How many different species did you create? We started up with six, but we ended up with three. We are telling the story about how Qatar was formed. So when the Persian Gulf was flooded, there were a lot of fish and underwater creatures that lived there. And then it started to dry up, so they were extinct. Mm. And you created all these full CG environments. Uh, Philip, there was quite a lot of effects involved in these films. Can, can, can you give some examples? Yes, there were uh, uh, f- uh, schools of fish simulations, uh, and then there were a lot of like every vegetation in the whole uh, on the bottom of the sea has to be simulated. So that was like a pretty huge uh, task to simulate everything. Um, we created loops of uh, simulated plants, so we don't, didn't have to re-simulate them uh, if we want to. Uh, place them differently or stuff like this so that that worked out pretty good but then there were some um, uh, some one of simulations like when the crocodiles are going through the the ocean uh, or the river bank floor and they're pushing away um, vegetation there um, so there's a lot of like uh, a creature or uh, um, environment simulations but then there are of course more like Normal stuff like uh, bubbles and uh, waves. Uh, we had a shot where a rolling wave, you see it from underneath, and that looks pretty cool. Um, and then we made the, the fish uh, kind of uh, moves in the dirt uh, on the floor of the ocean and kicks up dust. So a lot of like environment-related effects. Um, so, uh, yeah. And what software do you use for that? Uh, we use Houdini for, for everything. Uh, when it comes to the effects stuff. Mm. And we also rendered some shots in Houdini and Mantra and uh, the rest of it in uh, Clarisse. Mm. Uh, these screens throughout the museum is an important part of, of the architecture novel's vision for the building, obviously. So in a way, the films are actually part of the architecture. But was Chanovel in any way involved at any stage of the production of the films, to your knowledge? He was involved, as in he he gave an opinion, because this museum has very little objects. Mm. It's more of a digital museum, and the movies created are very, very beautiful. So everything is circling around Qatar in its different stages, from when it was formed to current days. And he was involved because he was telling a story with the building itself. And the movies also... Um, rely on like facts and the way the architecture is is set. So he did have a saying and he did have um, like an overview of what was being done and he did give feedback from mm. time to time. Mm. Rebecca, you and two colleagues uh, were down in Doha to supervise the setup of the of the projections. Uh, how was that? Yeah, we had the opportunity to go and supervise the last grade of the film. Because another challenge is that the walls of the museum are painted in a beige color, which is challenging, especially for the underwater shots, because the beige, the beige usually um, doesn't work that well with blue. Mm. But um, the grading team made an amazing job, 
And it was very, very cool to see everything projected. We got to see... The museum wasn't open yet, of course. Um, we got to see all the movies and all the progress that we had done. We also got to see Gallery 2 that was next to ours and Gallery 3 that's behind ours. Mm. So it's very, it was very nice to see how everything looks like it's integrated. And we also got to see the scale and the tilt, 60 and 70 degrees from the floor for the screens. So that was very interesting. This is, this is magnificent. Oh yeah, ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. And um, where are the projectors? Uh, are they hidden or...? The projectors are inside of the ceiling. They made a special platform um, to hang them. And they are put in a way that they don't catch your eye. So mm. it's a very smart way of distributing the projectors. Mm. The museum opened to the public in March uh, and it has been a great success. Reviews are filled with words like breathtaking, extraordinary, inside and out and astonishing. What do you think visitors feel when they enter the first gallery with your projections in them? I mean, the minute you enter the building, you see, well, even from outside, you see everything is beautifully crafted. And I think uh, the museum did something that you every little corner is thought of. Mm. So you can feel that as well with the movies. With our film, with the films next to us, with the other films from the galleries. I mean, every little aspect is taken care of. And when I saw it there, I mean, we we belonged there. Every little thing was crafted from our movies as well. So mm. it was very... It was a very proud moment to see everything there and all the work that we had been putting for years. That's great. Because it, it, this project was in so many ways quite different from anything that Goodbye Kansas normally does. Uh, looking back, what, what was the most rewarding with the project, Hannah? Oh, I just think it's creating something for a museum. For me at least, it holds, you know, such a high place. And especially with the damn, you know, screen size. It's like a movie times, what, four <laughs> screen? So that was just breathtaking to be able to see that in even the slightest of the scale. And then, of course, we got to see pictures afterwards as well with, you know, Rebecca standing there super tiny <laughs> against the <laughs> big screens. I guess that helped. But, I mean, I thought that was the nicest part. Mm. Uh, and the most rewarding, and of course, working with everyone, like uh, it was insane, I think. And yeah. it was the longest project that I personally worked on too. So just seeing that being done and delivered is, of course, rewarding. Yeah, quite a feat. Yeah. You, Philip? Yeah, I think um, uh, it was uh, nice to have uh, more time than you usually have. Um, so you could uh, really make it look nice. Um and that, that worked against us a little bit as well because they had time to change. Mm. So uh, that was the frustrating part. When they changed stuff, you worked on for a long time. But when they didn't change stuff, you worked on for a long time. That was rewarding because then you put a lot of time into it uh, that you don't really have on many other projects. Not, uh, not at least this uh, amount of time. Um, so that, I think that was the most rewarding that, it, that we could take uh, our time to make it... Uh, 
uh, really nice. And we also had a lot of inputs ourselves. Like we made all the concepts. They had the the, the basic ideas. Mm. Uh, like we should have a river with this uh, crocodile. We should have a an ocean with this fish. But uh, we designed the the look and uh, the the storyboards basically ourselves. Yeah, exactly, because I had the big bang shot and basically it was just an idea of like, how was the universe being born? Give us something. (laughs) (laughs) Then trying to scramble something together with the help of, you know, so many other compositing artists and uh, motion graphics team giving me assets and trying to (laughs) come up with something. What could have it looked like? Mm. Something nice that then smooths over to the amazing nebulas we got and uh, made so... Yeah, that yeah. was that was fun. <laughs> a lot of creative freedom. Yeah. And you, Rebecca? I think for me, being one of the first projects I had here at Goodbye Kansas, it was also very rewarding to get to meet all the team. And I, w- I was thrilled. It was very fun for me. Um, and it was definitely, I feel, very proud of what we achieved. If you have to pick one favorite shot or one favorite thing from these films, well... What would that be? For me, well, I know them by heart by now. So <laughs> the code name was Creation 020. And it's a school of fish that's revolving around the sea. And then another fish comes and breaks up the school. So mm. that one is very beautiful. Johanna? Well, for me, it's the the wave shots, you know, where we see it from underneath. That was so gorgeous. And just seeing you know, every day and working with the effects artists. Or maybe we could add something like this or, you know, tweak it. Like, she was amazing. And I think that's one of my favorite shots, like, for, for sure. It looks crazy nice. Mm. Yeah, I like the wave shot too. Uh, it stands out. But I also like the um, the river sequence with the crocodiles because I worked on that a lot. <laughs> so uh, I think it turned out pretty good. So I think those two are my favorite ones. Do you know for how long these films will will be shown at the museum? No, I don't know. Um, I think they'll be there for for a long, long time. Mm. Uh, it's not like the Big Bang or the creation of guitars <laughs> changing. No. So <laughs> I think they will be there for a long, long time. So lots of time to go down there and see it with your own eyes. Well, you have already, Rebecca, but two of you and me, I need to see it. Many thanks for coming and and sharing this story with us. Thank you. Thank you. And you out there, thanks for listening. Uh, Please mail us if you have questions about this project or any specific topic that you would like us to discuss at Yellowbrick Road in this season. Mail us at podcast at goodbyekansas.com. Until next time, goodbye, a bientôt, auf Wiederhören, wir hörs. Thank you.